BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm Rachel True. And I'm Trent Venegas. And you're listening to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. The 100-day podcast that celebrates what would have been the 100th birthday of the man that created Star Trek. Each day between now and the end of our podcast, August 19th, one of Star Trek's biggest icons, or celebrity fans, or both, will be quoting Gene Roddenberry. Then we're going to take a deep dive into why we think this sci-fi legend still has a lot to say to the world. is read by Star Trek Discovery's own Sarah Midditch. What our most critical need in this earth of ours is a new level of reaching and understanding one another. And it is our pleasure to welcome back film critic, entertainment journalist, and the biggest Star Trek fan I think I know, Scott Mance. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome back. Yay, we're back. <laughs> so so I, I, I got to tell you, first of all, I love Sarah Minich. Uh, I, I love Star Trek Discovery. Like, like I just mm-hmm. love where this show is going. Yes. I, I, can't, I cannot wait for season four. Like, can't get here soon enough. I love this quote. I just think that this quote is, I mean, I know, you know, like another quote we, we talked about with, with Gene, that he said in 1974, mm-hmm. but don't you think that this is a quote that he could have said right now, here and now today? Absolutely. For sure. Which is inspiring and maddening all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah. agree. Absolutely agree. Now, you know, when I think of of reaching and understanding, like when you look at the 60s, and we talked about this so many times just in general, but just the, the tumult of the 60s, mm-hmm. you know, between civil rights and Vietnam and, and uh, you know, the Cold War and the counterculture and the generation gap about reaching and understanding. And first of all, Gene Roddenberry's vision, his his idealistic vision, his utopian vision was never about, this is important, it was never about the perfection of humanity. Mm-hmm. It was about, and this is a key word, it was about the striving for the perfection of humanity. Yes. You know, we're, yeah, because it was never about assimilation. Right. When you're Borg, you right. want <laughs> our individualities, <laughs> yeah. though. Yeah. No, seriously. And and this quote actually says, what our most critical need, right, is a new level of reaching to understand each other. And I'm like, it does make me a little bittersweet that it's so relevant today. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. these yeah. years later from a 1974 quote and I want to point out um, or mention that I'm so grateful uh, that we did have a black character or, or an Asian character on Star Trek. The same way I was a, I was so grateful to be able to say to George Romero, thank you so much mm-hmm. for having the hero, the protagonist mm-hmm. be black mm-hmm. as opposed to the villain. Night of the Living so Dead. Bad. That's what she's talking about, yeah. FYI. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I'm talking about <laughs> Night of the Living Dead. But these were, these were things that had main characters yep. that were not white. Mm-hmm. That's oh, the deal. By the, by the way, uh, you know when you look. At, first of all, Rachel, you're you're absolutely one hundred percent right. And when you look at, let's say the original series, you know, in an episode like Court Martial, mm. uh, you have a commodore of a starbase 
who is who is a black character and he's in a position of authority and it's just like oh you know he's black like mm-hmm. like that's it you know just like just like your navigator is russian or that mm-hmm. your helmsman is asian yes. or that your communications officer is is, is an african woman mm-hmm. but the the great thing about Gene's vision is that while we're, you know, we're, we're, he's talking about a level of reaching, a level of reaching and understanding. And that means we have to learn. We have to learn how to do that. And over the last year, we are definitely at a point where we are, like you said, Rachel, still learning. We, yeah. we should have figured this out, yeah. but we are still well, and, learning. And reaching, right, mm. is an active word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's active. And I think a lot of people this last year, uh, maybe even people who are listening or people behind the scenes here, realized a lot of things, right? That it's not enough to be necessarily, I'm not racist. You have to be actively yes. anti-racist, yeah. which I've been yeah. saying since I was a small child. And every <sighs> white person I know is like, you always said that, Rachel. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad that other people are catching on. Who, because I can't change any, my brown face knocks me out of changing a person's opinion, mm-hmm. but your whiteness, mm-hmm. although they could probably get you for either being Italian or a Jew, right? So somebody's <laughs> going to find something yeah. to yeah. nail us for. But the point is, and Trent, Trent is a very, um, we call him high yellow if he was black, but he's very light-skinned, <laughs> like Spanish guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but even Trent, you can tell there's, a little bit of ethnicity there, and he might not be able to reach some people. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have an Anglo face, you can reach. And we're asking our Anglo allies and our Asian allies, and we're asking our black people to do the same mm-hmm. for our Asian mm-hmm. brothers and mm-hmm. sisters. It's not one or the other. Because one of my pet peeves is when people stick up for their own group, right? But never, never anyone else. Yeah. Right. All right. Now, never. No. I'm like, I get it. I get it. We're going to start with ourselves. But let's reach out. Also, by the way, this quote, you know what it reminded me of, too? New reachings of understanding one another. For some reason, it made me think, this is a jump, but like, do you guys ever wonder how we have not conquered uh, the the oceans at all? We know nothing about the oceans. And we're like, let's go to space. When we have have all this to explore here on Earth that we just don't. Well, we don't even have an underground water hotel. Yeah. And you're like, I'm going to put one on, on the moon. The moon. <laughs> yeah, put one on, let's, let's go to Mars. Like, you know, there's still so much of the ocean that we have to explore. But I, I think when you're when you're talking about, again, the, 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 the word is reaching. Mm-hmm. The, the, the word is understanding. And that is something that, that came up in the third season when we, we find out about infinite diversity and infinite combinations mm-hmm. in the third season of the original series. But also, you know, one of the great things about Star Trek across all of its platforms is that humanity. We're all, we're still. We see our heroes. We see them make mistakes. Mm-hmm. We see them maybe judge people the wrong way, and we see them learn from them. Now, what we as a society still have to do is also learn from them, which is why we are still having so much strife, right. even up to this very day. But when you look at an episode like. Let's say the Devil in the Dark from the original series, which is an you know one of the best episodes ever produced of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have these miners who are being killed by a rock creature, and you know, Kirk and Spock are gonna, you know, we have to kill this thing because it's killing the miners and we need the mines. But then they've but then they they learn and they understand that this this creature, this horda, is a mother protecting its young, yep. and they go wait a minute, we were wrong, and they learn from it. Mm-hmm. Or that in Metamorphosis, 
when the, uh, you know, Kirk, Spock, and McCoy and Commissioner Hedford, a female ambassador who was like the Hillary Clinton of uh, of that episode, mm-hmm. um, she has to go because she's dying of a disease, but they're stuck on a planet by this energy force that they don't understand and they have to kill it and get off the planet. But then they learn that this energy force is a female in love with the man on the planet and they learn from it. Mm-hmm. They learn. Mm-hmm. We are still learning. Like there's a great line in that episode where McCoy says to Kirk, you're you're so used to being a warrior that you're also a diplomat. Yep. Why don't you try waving a carrot instead of a stick? Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful line. Mm-hmm. And that is just, you know, one of the one of the great ways in why why Gene's vision has endured because because it shows that 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 they our heroes do learn. And also yeah. it's about our commonality. Right. Like the the episode you mentioned, mm-hmm. it is about finding the common ground rather than buying some more guns and doubling down. Yeah, totally. You know? And the only way <laughs> I mean, and the only way they're successful is by actively reaching out like they made mm-hmm. assumptions and they very mm-hmm. easily could have just, you know, dipped out and they they knew it. They but they reached out to understand what was really going on and mm-hmm. uh, the aha moment. The aha is, moment. Is, is Clint Howard's character in the original series? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, is Rachel. Is he an analogy for humans? At, well, absolutely. Rachel, that is a great example. Now, now that episode, The Corbomite Maneuver, was actually the very first episode. I knew the name of it. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's called The Corbomite Maneuver. Yes, Clint Howard is in the episode. And that was actually the very first episode of Star Trek that was ever filmed mm. when it was sold as a series to NBC after mm-hmm. the two pilots. No way. And Good trivia, people. Uh, hey, right there. come on. Biggest like I Star said, Trek fan I know. Fan. No, hey, that's now, good. <laughs> now that episode was that episode was the equivalent of Star Trek's mission statement because the the you know Kirk even says twice in the episode the mission of the Enterprise is to seek out and contact alien life and to better learn from the from the whole experience mm-hmm. and paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're up against this giant spaceship that makes the Enterprise look like a little speck of dust. And then they realize that they're being tested for their humanity mm-hmm. by Clint Howard. Mm-hmm. I mean it's but that's that was 55 years ago. Clint Howard was a child at the time. If you don't know the episode, yep. he was a child. Yep. He was yep. like eight years old or yeah. something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And bratty, which is why I said it's an analogy for us humans. Yeah, totally, totally yeah. right. Yes, yes. But but that's uh, but that's just a great thing about this about this quote. You know, reaching an understanding. And I mentioned that episode about the companion metamorphosis. Like Kirk is communicating with the companion to understand her motives mm-hmm. and uh at least I'm pretty sure it's a her uh because it's a female voice but the the uh the, again it's communication it's understanding and learning you know mm-hmm. reaching understanding and learning and that we is had a previous quote where Jean talked about that the future might belong to our communicators it might be science but it also might be our communicators and this also speaks to how important it is to have open lines of communication to be willing to hear someone else's perspective and to be able to synthesize the information that you get uh to better understand what what uh, someone else might feel about a certain situation. Um, so we do hear these themes 
repeatedly in in Gene's quotes. And that mm. just shows how important the message is that he was trying to relay as many times as he could while he still could. And the legacy of Star Trek and all of the series who have come uh, from his work after he has passed on uh, continues to carry on that legacy and repeat these themes because we haven't learned them yet. We haven't learned them yet. And Will we ever, though? Because part of me is like, it's human nature the way we are. Well, well, I think we we will learn more than we've learned up to this point. Mm-hmm. But we will always continue to learn because we will always be evolving and there will always be new challenges. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be challenges that we are not even thinking of. I mean, let's. As an example, two years ago, did you think that we were going to be in going through a global pandemic that lasted more than a year? No, nope. absolutely, absolutely not. not. But did we all figure out a way to get through it? Did yeah. we all learn how to get through it and hopefully learn from it? Hopefully that answer is yes. Scott, I have a question for you. Um because we've talked about this on other episodes. Um, let, let's say the kiss, right? The the, the kiss between Aurora. Oh, <laughs> and, you know, it's great that they had it on there, right? It was a full, just was very different for the times mm-hmm. on television. For sure. And yet my question for you would be, what would you say to young people who, you know, are embracing a uh, hardcore cancel culture? And listen, part of me is like, fine, half y'all deserve to be goddamn canceled. Stay away. <laughs> but when we look at an old episode like that, I have to parse it through. Well, as a kid, it confused me why it was so, why it had to be forced. Even though there was sexual tension there, he had to be forced to kiss her. And that's how they had to get it on TV. It couldn't be a... A kiss he just gave, right? But I can also filter it through the times, right? So I would never cancel that episode. I'm grateful for that episode. Any advice as a film critic, uh, you would give young people who like, I want to cancel all this shit because it's not up to my standards. Well, I I think just in in the, the general answer to that question, Rachel, because that is an excellent, excellent question and a loaded question mm-hmm. is that- <laughs> That's why I threw it to you, Scott. <laughs> uh, well, well, I'll say this because I, I've had to look at certain films through the lens of today that were made at a time when certain things that are absolutely not acceptable now were accepted. And right. I think that as long as we learn why we're asking these questions mm-hmm. about certain films, like definitely Gone with the Wind- is like a great example of a film that, you know what, has not held up mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. But do you cancel the movie? No, because you have a conversation about why it is not held up and we learn why it is not held up. And be able to take it to the book, which I actually read the entire book of Gone with the Wind in high Bless school. Bless you. For book report. <laughs> I did. So, yeah, I think we have to look at these things through the prism of the time period it was in mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, then- mm-hmm. It's a sticky wicket, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't trying to throw the most loaded question of the day to Scott, because obviously there's no easy answer for that one, right? But but really, the easiest answer that you can have is that don't if you cancel it, let's put it this way. If you cancel it because it's it, it hasn't held up or whatever, if you cancel something, then you make it disappear and you don't learn from mm-hmm. it. If you mm-hmm. if you lean into the aspect of why you're thinking about canceling it, you have the conversation, then you can learn from it. And what you're doing today will will 
definitely well, be much more appropriate. I was trying to explain the um, the controversies around Quentin Tarantino sometimes, right? And the N-word. And I know him and met him and da-da-da-da. And I'm from New York. But my 88, or, whoops, I mean my 80-something-year-old stepmother <laughs> said, I was I was explaining it to her and I was telling her about Django Unchained. And mm. she said, well, I mean, you really couldn't do a slave movie without that word, though, could you? Well, so that's her perspective is, listen, you're going to erase that they dehumanized us and called us this word? Again, I'm not saying you have to agree with my 80-something-year-old stepmother, but to end of what's, to, to what Scott was saying, we don't want to erase that no, that's, that was the behavior. You can't erase it. You can't erase it. Because I just pointed it. out on Twitter that my textbook, and again, I'm Gen X age, but my New York textbook, sociology textbook, said that slaves liked slavery because we had housing. That's what happens when either white racist people write your textbooks or you try to erase things. Yeah. 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 See, that's history. why. Well, you answered your own question, Rachel. You cannot, you cannot cancel do. because you're erasing a very important talking point that we could all be learning from and we should be learning from. And like we all talked about, we have to look at ourselves in the mirror over the last year and a half, especially Never mind the '60s, which of course you know is all part of the part of the equation here. But like, what did we learn since the '60s? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not a whole lot. So if we cancel certain things, then we're not going to really face them head on and learn from right. them now. And canceling uh, doesn't afford for the chance for someone to rehabilitate. That takes Absolutely. away their chance to learn from their mistake as well. And as we've we've uh, hinted on or talked about. Um, learning is a never ending process. We're always going to continue learning. Yeah, and, even, of life. and even in this quote, it, there's a next level. There's always going to be a next level because learning will never end. So as this quote says to wrap it up, you guys, because uh, it's our last day with Scott. Uh, keep reaching. Mm. Reaching is so active. Mm-hmm. And understanding is also active. It's not passive to understand. You've got to engage your brain, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. So I love wrapping up on this simple Yet deep quote, and we've touched on a whole bunch of different stuff. Trent, tell the people where to go to see the video. Please visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to watch all these videos of our friends reading our quotes. And I want to thank Scott so much for being with us this week. It has been such a pleasure talking with you, getting to know you. And uh, we have to talk Star Trek stuff off off camera. So Yeah, uh, you have to come back <laughs> and, and uh, talk because you've been a delightful guest, Scott. Thank you oh, so much. Well, Bye. thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And we hope you'll join us tomorrow for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's quote. So tweet us. Post us, DM us, whatever. We're at Roddenberry on Twitter and Facebook and at Roddenberry Official on Instagram. Quoting Gene Roddenberry is a Roddenberry podcast hosted by me, Rachel True. And me, Trent Venegas. Producing are Claire Kramer and Kelsey Goldberg with executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Engineering and editing are provided by Elizabeth Joy Windham. And special thanks to all those who were kind enough to read a quote and give a voice to Gene Roddenberry's everlasting words. Live long and prosper. 